Kia ora, welcome to Power Up Podcast, powered by Venture Taranaki and produced by Raw Collective. We're celebrating the success of remarkable Taranaki entrepreneurs, highlighting their stories and showcasing the best of work and play in this exceptional region. This season, we're talking to trailblazing enterprise owners and founders, young and the not-so-young, in energy, skincare, coffee, engineering, manufacturing and food. And it's no exaggeration to say that some are genuine world leaders in their fields, pioneering positive global change while living the famous Taranaki like no other lifestyle. I'm your host, David Downs. Now let's discover why Taranaki is a region where unique natural and business environments collide, enabling people to flourish, both at work and home. No my, hide my, we welcome you to hear our enterprising future like no other. Today's guest is Erin from Need. If you know, you know. Māori-owned artisan donut business Need has only been open in New Plymouth since 2020, but in no time they've become the worst-kept secret in town, obvious from the constant queues out the door. The story behind this slice of bakery heaven is also pretty great. Erin Benton found her passion while working in a bakery before and after school as a teenager. She reignited it years later with her husband Aaron, in between dairy farming and raising kids. That meant baking in the middle of the night once a month for the local market. Demand grew and grew to the point where Erin opened a suburban shop, keeping it fresh with new flavours every week and daily sellouts. She also mixes in a very deliberate kaupapa around the use of te reo Māori, as well as giving back to the community. This is an awesome little business with character and charm, and Erin's insightful and inspiring in the way she brings it to life. Oh, tēnā koe. Kia ora. Glad to be here, koe. Hi, paia me koe. Oh, rawe. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> no, I, I've taken you away from your business though, because it's morning and that's probably the busy time, isn't it? Yeah, it's Wednesday, so it's prep day, so the girls are all under control all right, at eh? the shop today. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I've seen some of the output of that prep, so all strength <laughs> to them. Now, you're from Taranaki originally? Yes, yep, born and bred. Whereabouts? Uh, New Plymouth, yep, yeah, born and bred in New Plymouth, oh. but have lived around... Most parts of the Maunga, yeah. Yeah, what was it like growing up here? Loved it, yeah. We're so lucky here. There's so much to do for families, for kids, yeah. So from the ocean to the Maunga, we're so lucky. Yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful place to visit, particularly on a day like today. Yeah, for sure. And has Kopapa Māori always been part of your your childhood, your growing up? No, it actually hasn't. I started my real journey and my Te Ao Māori journey when I started um, taking Te Reo as a topic at high school. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that was the starting point and have grown from there. Good on you. Yeah. I studied Te Reo at, at high school, but I didn't appreciate it at the time. Yeah, now it's I, crazy. And uh, now you wish you had. I wish. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least it helped me with my pronunciation. For I sure. think, I think. <laughs> But you know you can judge that. <laughs> but you've um, you've clearly had a very strong work ethic because I read about you. You started working in a bakery when you were still at school. Yeah, before school. Yeah, I was um, fifteen, and I started at Piccolo also in Fitzroy here in Taranaki. Yeah, I was just uh, washing dishes and making sandwiches and stuff yeah. like that before school. But it just yeah implemented that work ethic and working as a team and stuff. We had a really cool crew in there, so we had yeah. a lot of fun. You don't meet a lot of lazy bakers, eh? Because nah. they get up so early. <laughs> yeah. When you yep. get up, like before, like I've got teenagers going at school, 15, yep. <laughs> where you were. They don't, I mean, they get up at five minutes before they have to be out the door. Yeah, we were there, I think I started about 4.30, oh. 5 o'clock at Piccolo. And the girls at my work, first girls are on site at 2.30 in the morning. So 2:30. that's crazy. Yeah. What time are they going to be? Yeah. Um, <laughs> seven. <laughs> <Six>. Yeah, seven. <laughs> 
And, and what do you learn? Well, I mean, what's that teach you when you when you're doing those sorts of hours? I think discipline. Yeah, you really quickly learn to put yourself to bed early, otherwise it's going to be a long day the next day. But also a good attitude because that's what the job entails. So you get up early, but that's part of the mahi. So, yeah. and it was really cool, especially as a starting point with that crew before school. Everyone that we worked with in that crew was just such a, it was such a good place. And, yeah, real good vibe to be with. with yeah. Them. yeah. The whole co-papa of sharing food, creating food together, making kai, is, is a really important part of bringing whānau together. Totally. It's so wholesome. And I so wish we did it more in the crazy society that we live in at the moment. It's, it's It really just brings everyone back to that core and yeah. that real wholesome friends and whānau. And preparing good quality. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wow. Now, you did that for years after uh, you continued baking yourself, I hear. Yeah, I mean, I dabbled. I've been in the hospitality industry for a long time, but I was working more, I suppose, as a barista, front of house, waitressing, stuff right. like that. But, yeah, still dabbled, kept my hand in, in baking, but a lot of, of that mahi was at home and stuff as well. But still, but it's, uh, you're learning the trade and oh, all the yeah. different aspects of it. And then and the baking that you were doing at home then, well, who was mm. that for, Fano? Yeah, Fano friends. I just really got a buzz out of learning different techniques and different oh, things really? online. So you weren't just kind of doing the same scones? <laughs> no. <laughs> you were like teaching yeah. yourself. Yeah. Wow, you sound like a great friend to have actually. <laughs> what sort of amazing things were you learning and teaching? Just taking inspiration from things that you can see online and socials and stuff like that yeah. and just diving into I'm quite a geek for learning about how things work and why things work like that. Oh, yeah. Learning about how yeast actually works like with the different food things. Yeah, yeah. I really find that really interesting um, because I'm I'm also a geek for getting a really consistent product. So I like. Well, I've seen like photos it. of your donuts today, and they look incredible. Oh, thank and you. And they're all handmade, but yeah, they look yeah. like they've come <laughs> out of you know they're so consistent and beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and um, when, so when you're looking at other people's products, you're looking through Pinterest or, mm. or Insta or something like that, and trying to get some inspirations. For sure, yeah, I love drawing. Like we have such a vast variety of things in Taranaki that you can draw inspiration from. Yeah. But, yeah, outside and around Aotearoa as well, we've just got some amazingly talented people that bake in and create food in Aotearoa. So I love to be amongst that and have a look at what other people are doing and draw on inspiration. Yeah. And you get the sort of artisan thing. Is artisan mm. a real thing or is it just a made-up word that means just sort of <laughs> fancy baking? Yeah, I mean that, that artisan word is, is really about humanising anything that you're creating. Yeah. So really trying to take as much machinery out of it and you're like, you know, every single dry part of our dough is all hand weighed. It's um, then cut, every single donut is cut and weighed by hand to make sure that's consistent. Each donut's rolled by hand, fried by hand, filled by hand. Wow. So there's a lot of touch points throughout it, but that's what makes that a really wholesome product. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I believe you. You're yeah. artisans. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> it sounds like a lot of work, but it's cool. Now, you took some time out of there to have some kids. Yep, I've got two tamariki. Oh, yeah. Hey. I've got a three-year-old, Kingston, and her daughter's fives. So, wow, you're yeah. in the hard yards. Yeah. Those, those years are <laughs> She's all good. fun but full mm-hmm. on. Oh, and you balance that around the bakery. Yeah. 
And your partner, I think Aaron, he works as a dairy farmer. Yeah, so... So dairy um, farmers are known for having a lot of time on their hands just sitting around (laughs) home. Not quite. (laughs) Yeah, so he um, is contract milking on a 750 cow farm out in Upunaki. Um, So we've got two staff out there. And, um, yeah, he really holds down that part of our life for us. That in itself is just such huge mahi. So So if he's um, a dairy farmer and and you're a baker, you you all get up early at your house. Yeah. So it's like... (laughs) Like nearly the end of your day, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and you've probably been working since four. Yeah, the, the early days was very much like that. It was such a balance because, yeah, our hours clash. But we're just so lucky to have an awesome support system right. that we can lean on. Yeah. yeah, we wouldn't be able to do anything that we do without our support system. So they've paved that path for us to be able to, to continue our mahi. Oh, shout um, out to them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So what made you get back into baking then in a professional way? I suppose, to be honest, I was in the midst of being a young mum with young tamariki and living rurally, and it was, you know, you get that sense of losing yourself a bit. Um, So I just needed a creative outlet so that I could convince myself that I still had it or whatever, yeah. you know, like whatever yeah. that is. But yeah. um, So I dove actually straight into sourdough. Sourdough was the thing that kicked Need off and that's what I thought I was going to be doing forever. Sourdough was very trendy there during <laughs> yeah. the pandemic lockdown. Yes. Um, Everyone thought they were a baker. That was it. <laughs> but, yeah, so I did baker. a lot of mahi on that and a lot of learning on, on how sourdough worked and a lot of failures and stuff like that. But, yeah. That was what really kicked Need off and nice. what brought it back around. Have you still got your starter? I don't. Oh, I know. And so it's really those things sad. Like gold they for really some are. Like. Yeah, but I know a lady in New Plymouth. Oh, she's going to give you some family <laughs> yeah. heirloom and they guard them so jealously. Sure. Yeah. Wow. But um, you went back to work. Uh, you still had the tamariki. Mm. Aaron's working on the mm. farm. You've got the support network around you. A lot of late nights, early starts, experimentation. Yeah, especially market days. It was really hard. Not going to sugarcoat it, you know, where kids are up all through the night and then they're up early and you're trying to juggle that um, as well. But with the markets, it was only once a month to start yeah. off with, so that was achievable. Freshness is really, really important to me. So we would bake from like midnight until, say, 4 o'clock in the morning wow. and then Aaron would go milk the cows and then we would pack the car up and go to the market. And set up the store. And set up the and store. And work all morning. Yeah, and oh then pack golly. it down. So yeah. a really busy, busy day. Yeah. But then that grew as well. It wasn't just that once grew. a month. Yeah, that grew really quickly. Kind of um, we had to make the decision, what are we doing here? Like what, what angle are we going? So we set up a commercial kitchen up on Smart Road on my yeah. parents' property up there. Yeah. And um, to sell yeah, into the market still to expand really, yeah. and at that point, a young family taking on a personal loan to set up a commercial kitchen was a big deal. At that point, you know that it needed to be able to cover itself. Yeah. So we intentionally tried to hit every market in New Plymouth that we could. Fantastic! It's a scale yeah. out immediately. Yeah. How many markets are there in New Plymouth? <laughs> There's so many. We've got wow. s- such a big variety in Taranaki. Um, when we we're based in New Plymouth, we were hitting Waitara Seaside Market. Stratford and would do pop-ups and at other spots yeah. as well. But there is um, a farmer's market on Curry Street. There's another one at the, over by the Windwand. There's another one in Upunaki. Yeah. See, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. It's obviously quite an undiscovered part or a new thing that's yeah. becoming very popular. I mean, I think they've been there fizzing away for a while. Yeah. Um, and those who know, know. <laughs> How do <laughs> but, you know? Um, How do you find out about that? Uh, definitely social media, right? Oh, yeah. Like that's just the way Check to Insta for people. For sure. Get with the program. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we have heaps to offer at our, our market. What's your favourite one? Do you have a favourite? Oh, allowed to say? You're going to put me on the spot. Oh. Um, no, they, I mean, to be honest, they all bring their own own I love things. all my children equally, 
<laughs> but very much like, you know, Waitara, the whole community get behind you and it's a real community vibe. Seaside, it's a lot bigger and you get lots more people through, different people through. And Tina, who runs that, she's incredible. Stratford, they, you know, they supported us from the get-go and, and, yeah, they've been really solid to us as well. So you just get so much difference from everything. And you're still doing the markets even now? I'm not. And, you know, when I opened the shop, that was part of the plan, yeah. um, that we would do one market a month. But, yeah, the shop was a lot busier than what we had Wow, and that's what we're going to talk about because it sounds like when you opened that shop, boy, oh, boy, did you create a, a new <laughs> movement. Yeah. So tell us about that decision. Again, another big move. You went from cooking at home to a kitchen to cook for markets and now yeah. suddenly opening up a retail. So it got to the point where I moved. Um, we were doing scrolls, sourdough, pastries, all sorts of things, and we kind of had to really nail down, you know, like I was – I've only got two hands. <laughs> so we had to really nail down what it was that people were coming to us for and what they were wanting, what was the most profitable, shorter time frame, stuff like that. Saldo takes three days to make, so, you know, profitability and stuff like that as well. And, yeah, it really came down to people were knowing us for our donuts. So right. we gave it a trial run at a market and we just took donuts and we sold out in 35, 40 minutes. Wow. So we were like, wow, okay, people that worked. <laughs> and we did that and we did that and then we constantly were selling out and that was the point where we were like, okay, where to from here? Like yeah. are we just going to keep doing that, going there, selling out, going there, selling out, which is really cool, but there's also – a little bit of a frustrating element to that as well because it's like you work all night and then it's gone in 30 minutes and it's yeah. like, like um, yeah. and you want to please everyone as well. Like, you know, people are coming for, for you, you and you're like, I'm so sorry. sorry I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you should have been here a few yeah. minutes ago. So that's when we took the leap into opening up that storefront. Wow. And yeah. what, what was the biggest challenge about doing that? Probably time frame, I would say. We managed to fit it in right in the middle of carving on the farm and school holidays, and we gave ourselves like a four or five-week turnaround time to change it from a hairdresser to a bakery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was a lot. But, again, it was another thing where we just pulled on our friends and family and really just everyone helped everyone us get came it together. In. Yeah. And, then, and you're in a real suburban neighbourhood. Mm. It's not like you're here in the middle of New Plymouth. You're yeah. Out. Out a little bit because you're a destination. Yeah. <laughs> Does that work out in your favour in the end? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a real sucker for parking. I <laughs> If there's not an easy park to get to, I'll walk carry on through. Okay, so how that, good the donut is. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I can't walk. So it was like, yeah, not that was a really big part of where we needed to be and the parking up there is really great. So it definitely was a risk heading up that end of town, but also to be amongst a community rather than in the centre yeah. of town, that was nice too. And, and we still feel that as well that were part of that Vogel Town community. Okay. Yeah. Better give the address. It's a Carrington Road, isn't it? Yeah, Carrington. No, Carrington Street, yeah. If you, but if you don't know, you don't know. But now you know, <laughs> so you can get out there. But you have to get out there early because you guys are selling out fast. Yeah, so we open at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, we're open just three days a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It can range, but we generally tell people to be there before 11 o'clock. Right. Especially if you're wanting access to the full range as well, like, you know, to get the whole experience. <laughs> but donuts are a more, I reckon... A morning you I know, think so too, coffee, yeah. a cup of tea and a donut, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely pays to get in early. But often we will still have donuts past lunchtime as well, but we keep our social media Okay, updated. just making sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just so People should check it out. Yeah. Ah, so, so, yeah, tell me about that transition from being a person who's selling into a market now, being employing people, running shops, having customers, all that mm. big jump. 
definitely a big jump, very much overwhelming at the start. I had started that store with the intention that it was going to be me and one other person and that grew very, very quickly and we now have six staff members up there. But I love it. I mean, it was it was a good couple of years that I was doing late nights and a long time in the kitchen by myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually love it. We've got such a cool crew and they make my job really easy. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like you've got a very exacting standards. Like you, you just like <laughs> well, it's got your your brand, your yes. personal brand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all now. Like I wouldn't say when we first started out, it was there was a lot of learning, but now I've really got it really tight to a T of like each station and things like that. So it's really cool. Sounds like a franchise opportunity <laughs> to me. I mean, but donuts have become really, really popular. I've mm. got a mate who's a chef, you know, who's who's created donut thing in London. You know, in Auckland, there's donut paper places popping yeah. up. There's become a new kind of trendy, cool thing. It has, yeah. I'm not really sure where it came from, but I mean, at the same time, you know, you speak to anybody and they love donuts. Or like, even you know, my mum talks about how she remembers going and getting a jam and cream donut with her dad on oh. Saturday morning with the paper. Like, yeah. so it's been a, a part of people's lives for for a long time. Definitely, but I think it definitely has. Do you make the long ones with the jam? You just said jam and cream. I remember when I was a kid, you used to get ones that were long. Yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. And we, I love the jam. Why, didn't, why do they put more jam in? Oh. And they just have the one dot on they top. They have a little man. tiny dot and you go. You feel a bit like <laughs> yeah. anticipation and you, ah, oh, disappointment. But your donuts, I've noticed, have got ample. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And my family, my brothers, that everyone keeps us in check with making sure yeah. that they are. Hey, sis, not <laughs> yeah. enough, not enough here. Yeah. What's your favourite one? Honestly, it's so basic and I feel like I wish I could have a more exciting one, but I am a sucker for just a classic jam and cream or a cinnamon sugar ring. <laughs> like they're just, just the, just just the old classic. Yeah. But you've got ones with like Snickers bars or oh, yeah. whatever on top. <laughs> Pina colada, Snickers. Pina yeah. Colada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I really am hungry. Um <laughs> But one of the other things I loved about your story is the fact that of your your integration of te reo, mm. uh, the, the Maori language, and, and using kupu Maori, yeah. Maori words, teaching people, you know, some of the words for how to order. Mm. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think it's just really important that we're creating spaces um, that it's really normalised and not just a, how you end an email or, you know, it's got to be something that we're hearing every single day in, in spaces, um, especially for our tamariki coming through. We enrolled our children into um, total immersion Māori. Okay. Yeah. Kura Kopapa and um, Te Kopai Piripono here in Taranaki. And that's just been, yeah, a huge learning curve for us and, and our deal. And that's just solidified. It can't just be conversations you're having at home or it's got to be something that you're hearing everywhere. Right. Yeah. And um, in the shop, are people you find people embracing this idea? Totally, yeah. yeah. That's been so awesome to see and hear and people just giving it a go. Wow. Um, I think it, it helps that our community know that we're all learning too. Yeah. We, we learn new words together and we, yeah, they'll ask us, how do I say this? And we yeah. might need to find that out for them. But, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just cool that we can all do that together. Here I have the kupu Māori uh, ko uh, donut. Tornati, Taku Fakaro. Yeah, Taku Fakaro. Um, yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, Tornati. Yeah, key, um, Taku, um, Tamariki. That's what my daughter reckons that's anyway. Cool. <laughs> I reckon Tornati sounds yeah. fantastic to me. It's a transliteration, obviously, but it's a, yeah. it's a cool one. I can yeah. start using that. Um, <laughs> and in the journey of Toreo, you said you, you only came to that in high school years. Mm. And it's something that you're, you know, we're all on a journey. Totally. I think New Zealand's on a journey. New Zealand's on a journey. And yep. as I say, normalize, you said normalizing um, Toreo, mm. uh, it's really 
really exciting part of what we're seeing. So exciting. So exciting. And for our kids coming through, it's just you see it popping up everywhere now and not just used to tick boxes, you yeah. know, like you can really see that tokenism, but that's not happening anymore. It's really integrating into everyday life, which oh. is really cool. Carpoy. What's it like now juggling this really busy shop? Like you yeah, fast forwarded, you still got a way to go in your career. I can yeah. feel it. I can feel it. But we're talking to you at an interesting point where you've got a really busy uh, life. You still got mm. the young kids. You've got the shop that's really going off. You got six staff now relying on you. Yep, <laughs> it's a lot. Another one. I'm not going to sugarcoat. It is a lot. It's a juggle. Some days it's not pretty. Um, other days it's really good. Just trying to get that balance. That balance is yep. key, and just really sticking to those core values of making sure that we're prioritizing our, our whanau first. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably going to answer the question I was about to ask, which is why only open three days a week and for a short, shorter hours you mm. could clearly sell more if you wanted to but yeah I think it's just I mean we still have a full prep day on a Wednesday and we do an admin day ordering day on a Tuesday so for a couple of our staff it's still a five-day week the girls are on the floor for up to 11 hours a day so they're big days they're early starts we have a lot of mums on our team um, I thought it, it's really important for us that we are really true to that putting our whānau first it's not just something that we say it's something you know, have to walk that walk as well. It's got to be that balance. Yeah, you, you could open a couple more days, you could employ more staff, you could make it all that, but what's your life like yeah. doing that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's You hear it's that with businesses it. quite a lot where they say, I'm going to work harder so that I can um, retire mm. earlier and then relax. And you go, well, why don't you relax now? Yeah. Like, you can... And your kids are going to be growing and you would have missed all of that as yeah. well in the meantime. So it's it's making sure that we're keeping that that first and, and sticking to that because there's a lot of pressure to do more. And I really struggled with that at the start. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? This isn't how you run a business. This isn't how, you know, and people were coming at us like that. Really? Um, so that was hard at the start because – I was like, am I doing the wrong thing, you know? Um, but, again, just having the right people in our crew that stand for the same things um, made it a really easy decision to continue to do that. I'm going to ask you a question, which if you, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to, but I'm always curious when I talk to mothers about how they balance the family life and the work life and sometimes the guilt. Yeah, being totally. away from the kids. Oh, it's definitely a thing. Mum guilt is such a thing. But it's like if us as mums aren't – feeling really good about ourselves, it shows through our tamariki. Yeah. They can feel that. So I think it's such an important thing to have a, a little bit of our life for us as well um, so that we can be full and happy. Yeah, full humans and happy and healthy for our and kids. And demonstrate that to your children, that, that you are a person, not yeah. just their sort of provider. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, but it's, that, I think with that mum guilt as well, um, knowing that when I'm not with them, who's with them, and that they've got that same love around yeah. them. You know, it's either with my parents or Aaron's parents. or So, you know, they're totally cared for over and above. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you're actually giving them another gift there, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? The exactly. gift of grandparents. Yeah, and we're so just so, so fortunate that we can – we can draw on that, those people in our lives because there's definitely people that don't have that support system. So I never take that for granted that we've got those people in our lives. You slip them a couple of free donuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, recently you, you've had to go to contactless delivery or mm. you've chosen to. Yeah, we made I made the decision. Not delivery, contactless pickup. Pickup, yeah, do delivery. delivery. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but, yeah, pickup, it was, I mean, 
to me, it was a very straightforward decision. It wasn't a political one or anything like that. We were very fortunate it was a straightforward move for us. We could just literally move our cabinet up a couple of metres with a very small storefront anyway. Only two people could really fit in the front of our storefront anyway. So it wasn't a big deal. So it wasn't really a big deal for us and it just made sense that it aligned with being able to be open to everyone. So, yeah, it was was a very straightforward move for us. Are you going to keep that now? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've gained kitchen space. We've only got 30 square metres. Ah. So, like, we put, yeah, over a 1,000 donuts a day out of 30 square metres, and the more space we can have, the absolute better. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got some really exciting times ahead of you as well. Yeah, hopefully. Oh. <laughs> and I've got some new flavour ideas for you. I'll run past you. Know, I reckon savoury ones, maybe Vegemite. <laughs> oh, Vegemite and cheese, you reckon? Yeah, Vegemite and cheese. Why not? You hear it here first, people. <laughs> right, we've got some final questions for you, mm-hmm. if you're ready. Okay. What excites you most about the future of Taranaki? Our food scene, like there's just so much happening in that area, in that space for us at the moment. There's so much diversity, so much freshness. And, yeah, you look at the likes of Hokai, they've got such a cool kaupapa behind them as well, and there's there's a lot happening there. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> well, I didn't even know about these markets, so I'm going to have to yeah. come <laughs> check them out as well. Myth-busting, what have you heard about Taranaki that simply is not true? I'd probably say that there's just like people, like we've lived in Paeroa or Tirahonga, like up north of it, and the general consensus is that this is so far out of the way and there's not much happening here. Wow. People from <laughs> Otorahonga are telling I you that. Know. <laughs> well, it's a so, in the kettle black, isn't it? But that's absolutely not true. Like, yeah, again, there's just so much going on here. Yeah. It's just, yeah. What's your perfect day in Taranaki? I reckon, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for breakfast kai, so I would go for a, an awesome brunch. We've got heaps of cool spots here, Elixir West, The Batch, head there for brunch, and then... Is Aaron with you in this perfect oh, day scenario? Okay, just checking, <laughs> just checking. Yep, got the day off the farm, day off the shop, that'd be great. Um, and then probably go to one of our rivers for a swim. We love taking our kids to the to the rivers for a swim, the Hunga Atua, which is our Ōkato ways, or yeah, the Ōakura River mouth, and then probably go to a... We love going to we've just been to LAB at the um at the, oh, bowl, the bowl here. Beautiful. They just put on a, a hell of a concert. Special, there. special yeah. day. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. And lastly, what would you say to someone who's considering moving to Taranaki? Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, you won't regret it. Come and all. buy a donut. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Come through. <laughs> oh, can't play to my thank you very much for coming along. No, that's all good. Thank you for having me. Namahi. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thanks to Venture Taranaki for making the Power Up podcast possible. If you're an entrepreneur at any stage of your life looking to get a new venture off the ground in Taranaki, talk to Venture Taranaki. With a network of experts, Venture Taranaki can help with one-on-one startup clinics, mentoring, workshops, connections, business and investment advisor support, all that you need to bring your idea to life. If you're not familiar with Taranaki, come and take a look. There's something here for everyone. With a supportive business community, vibrant towns, unrivaled experiences and abundant nature, Taranaki is humming. Your entrepreneurial flair, enterprise and career will flourish here and you and your family can make Taranaki your home. And lastly, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps others find us. 